This is what you call a paradigm shift. Goodbye and good night. Welcome back to this explosive episode of the Wrestling Nations podcast. I am your host, Debrate Question Mark, and uh, I'm joined by my favorite co-host, Dale. And we watched AEW Revolution this past Saturday, and boy, it sure was a great show. It was very explosive indeed. Yeah, explosive for all the right and wrong reasons too. Oh boy. But hey, let me just say this. The good far outweighed the bad on this show. Yeah, it definitely did, though. I, I do think that there was more positives than negatives. But um, yeah, I will give I'll give all my thoughts and opinions about everything once we get to them. But I still think it was a solid show. But uh, yeah, there's a lot we need to discuss. Well, do you want to start with the buy-in? Because we sure did bought in. Yeah, we bought in definitely. And usually... We don't ever talk about like pre-show stuff because usually the pre-show is like filler, not really that important. But this time... It's something to literally to get you just wet your appetite for the show. It's the appetizer. Yeah, but this time they really... (laughs) They really... We really got bang for our buck, no pun intended. Uh, I think the best way to talk about this is to ask you a question, Drayden. You know which question that is? It's okay, it's Kawainawa. Itota. She's here. Oh, all you simps loved it too. (laughs) Yeah. Your your queen, your queen of love and piss is here. Yeah, I'm. I was so shocked that Maki Ito was here on on AEW. Like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm so I'm I'm really shocked at how they managed to get her so and quickly. Just, and just real quick before we get this out of the way, before I know because there I saw a lot of people complaining that oh, AEW's unsafe. Blah 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 blah. She, I'm sure she got tested rigorously. Like I'm sure she was tested at least four or five times. I think she's good, guys. They're not. They're not WWE. Well, the thing is, is that each country has different um, regulations when it comes to goes with a, with a goes with um, COVID and like travel and stuff like that. So, like, I'm just speaking from from what I know in Japan. I don't know how it is in the States, but basically it's like, if you want to travel abroad, you need to do a COVID test at least 72 hours before you're scheduled to leave. And so if you um, test negative when you fly, then um, you don't have to quarantine at like a local government facility or something like that. But if you test positive, then you're forced to do quarantine at the at the facility or whatever. And the thing that surprised me the most was the fact that uh, Maki literally wrestled a TJPW like over the weekend. She was in the tag. She was in the tag team finals with um, Miyu Yamashita versus Mio uh, Bishigun of uh, Saki Sama and Mei Saint Michelle. And unfortunately, her and me lost. And then she was also on TJPW pay-per-view show three as well. 
So she, so in a short amount of time, she had to get from Japan to uh, Jacksonville, and yeah, um, that 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 was the thing that surprised me the most is the short amount of time it took for her to get there. Yeah, so uh, Ito and Britt got the win. Uh, they flipped the camera off at the end, and that's how you ended the buy-in. Great takeaway to the pay-per-view. Uh, pay-per-view starts, and we have the MGF and Jericho versus Young Bucks tag match. Two, a dad and his son versus two brothers, and uh, it was something. It was a cool match. Young Bucks win. Whatever. I yeah. It's not. It wasn't. It wasn't last year's match, and nobody thought it was going to be. And the Young Bucks are good. And so is Jericho and MJF. It's just I didn't care about this match, and I don't think a lot of people did either. Yeah, me too as well. Like, to be honest, I actually thought Jericho and MJF were going to win. So when the Bucks won, I was like, oh, okay, that's that's quite surprising. But um, there's, a, there's a post-match promo that happens later in the show that kind of alludes to why um, Jericho and MJF lost, but we'll give our predictions about that when we get there. Um, then the next match that happened afterwards was the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal, where the winners get a future shot at the AEW Tag Team Championship. Yeah, uh, very good match. I thought it was entertaining. Well, I won't say it's very good. I just thought it was entertaining. Did what it needed to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and it came down to... Uh, Phoenix and Jungle Boy at the end of the match, which their last their exchange between the two of them was so so good. Like I would really be hyped to see a Jungle Boy and Ray Phoenix match down the line because that it, it literally came down the wire between those two. But I think Phoenix and Puck winning was the right call to make, and I think that will set up a really really good. A tag team match between them and the Bucks in the, in the near future. But uh, before we move on to the next match, I just want to quickly talk about that that hilarious match in the, in the in the Casino Battle Royal where Luchasaurus throws Marco Stunt at Evil Uno. Marco Stunt does like tries to do a hurricane onto <laughs> Evil Uno. <laughs> Marcus Stunt falls over. Uno just stands there and no sounds and then he realizes. And then, oh, and then, and then he yeah. runs. And then he runs like, oh shit. And he just runs himself into the turnbuckle and he eliminates himself. Like, what the fuck, dude? I mean, if, if he just if he just jumped off the out jumped out of the ring, it, I mean it it would have like partially sold the move but to just like no sell and then just run it oh that was so bad uh and i think yeah there were quite a few botches on the show as well um but still a very good show a very good show still a very good show but yeah oh my gosh thank goodness thank goodness thank goodness they were good botches yeah 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 they're funny botches botches. well Speaking of tearing the house down. Yeah, speaking of tearing the house down, the next match definitely did that. It's the AEW Women's World Championship match between Hikaru Shida and the winner of the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament, Rio Mizunami. Well, um, to start... Sorry, Dale. uh, To start this match, uh, they played a promo package before basically explaining the history of Shida and Rio. I thought it did a great job of this. Um, 
It said that when they first wrestled each other in 2010, Mizunami was the veteran, the senpai, whatever you want to say. And uh, Mizunami beat uh, Shida and said, I can wrestle, you could wrestle for another hundred years and you would never beat me. Then they wrestled each other three more times after that and they all three went to a draw. So the story going into this is Shida can't beat Mizunami. And so they start off and just beat the tar out of each other. If you don't like kickouts, you won't like this match. If you love kickouts, Merry Christmas. Oh my gosh, the near falls in this match were insane. I don't know how many times Shida threw her finisher at Mizunami and Mizunami just kept kicking out. And I think I, I remember that in when we were talking about our predictions for the winner of the of the women's tournament, which we both said was going to be Mizunami, we both also predicted that maybe Mizunami would beat Shida. And with those near falls, I was thinking, okay, maybe Mizunami might might actually come back around with this thing. But holy shit, Shida really uh, sorry, not holy shit, holy Shida. Man, what a match that was. Ha ha ha. I'm balling out of a chair here. Oh, man. But yeah. yeah. It was it was a very good best women's match they've done on pay per view. Thank uh, you. So they in the span of one month, they've had the best thing they've done with the women's division, which was the Japanese side of the bracket. They've had the best dynamite match, which was Serena Deeb and Riho for the women. And now they've had the best pay-per-view match. They are they are very much fixing their women's division. Yeah. And I mean we had this discussion as well about do do we think that the like the women's division is starting to is is get is fixed or getting fixed. Uh, I can't remember what exactly. And so I said fixed. Yeah. It's fixed. And you said yes. And I was a bit hesitant to answer that question. I said, uh, I, I'm, I still need more time to, to be convinced. After this match, this match well, convinced me a lot that yes, they are moving in the right direction now. Now, well, it's, now it's just a matter of what happens from there. And that's and that's the one thing that myself, well, us and, and many other fans are, are like trying to say is that we know the women are so much better than what AEW has been doing with them over the past few months. And so that's why we just want them to be to be good, if not great. Because we've seen how, how some other promotions have been doing with their women's division, namely WWE and Impact. And those are like top tier like women's divisions. So we know that WWE doesn't have a women's division. They have Charlotte Flair and the rest of them. Okay, no, no, no. You're really selling them short. That's that's selling the rest of them. I'm 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 joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm kidding. Get, before you grab your pictures, I'm I'm not saying, but that's how WWE books them. Is what I'm saying. Well, it's there's Charlotte Flair and then there's the rest of them. <laughs> I mean, that's how Vets looked at it. Oh, I mean, I mean, we can have this discussion about how it was like many years ago. Like, well, I know it's way better than it used to be. Nobody's arguing that. But yeah, 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 yeah. At least on Raw, it's Charlotte Flair and the rest of them. Raw, especially, is just a shit show at the moment. <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? They got Randy Orton spitting up puke black motor oil. This is rules, dude. What are you talking about? Ugh. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, but, la yeah. la la, that creepy. Uh, uh. Yeah, this is awesome, dude. What are you talking about? He's got like a he's got like a mirror image of himself talking. What are you talking about? They're just rules. Yeah, but 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 anyway, Randy so Orton's doing crack. Going back, 
final thoughts was Hikaru versus Ryu Mizunami was definitely one of my matches of the night for sure. Uh, yes, it was my match of the night. Period. Yeah, match of the night for me. And then next we've got a tag team match between Miro and Kip Saban versus the best friends, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. In the words of Orange Cassidy, cool, whatever. Yeah, that's that's the best uh, way to describe. Although the- there was a really cool, sorry, I apologize again. There was a really cool moment at the beginning of this match where uh, Miro throws uh, Chuck Taylor to like a glass window or whatever, like a door. And he he looks at the camera and he goes, play my music. And his music hits. It's I thought that was cool. Miro is channeling his inner vampire there. Where's my, Where's my fucking music? Where's my fucking music? Where's my goddamn music? Yeah. Well, at, well, at least Miro didn't fart one. I, I, I just thought the same thing. I just thought the same thing. At least, at least, at least, drunk Jeff Jarrett wasn't there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing tortillas in the crowd. Oh my god. At a at a fucking triple A show. Lots of old places. Oh my god. Well, well, Phoenix did dive into the crowd like he did in that show too with the Topekan Hila and Battle Royale. Yeah, but that's what Phoenix does all the time. Like, like you can fucking forget velocity and acceleration. <laughs> he'll be out of Daly's place if he goes. <laughs> yeah, he'll be in the football stadium. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Actually, actually, there was a part on this show when it came in the main event. Yeah, that, that, that was a part on the show. Uh, man, but yeah, basically, it was basically like your cool down match of the night. Uh, Miro basically made uh, Chuck Taylor tap out, and that's the end of that. Oh, uh, Dale, you got me cracking up over Vampire over here. Uh, where's my fucking music? Uh, and then the next match was the big money match. Between Hangman Adam Page and Matt Hardy, where the winner receives the loser's first quarter earnings for 2021. In the words of the late great Dusty Rose, baby, whoever wins this match, they headed to the pay window. Yeah, Hangman won. He got all of Matt Hardy's quarter one revenue. And as they joked about on BTE this past week, uh, well, the Dark Order gave it away because they just or bought Hangman gifts with that money on his credit card because they just assumed he kept all the money and turns out he gave most of it away. And so now Hangman has to figure out how to buy for 16 barrels of whiskey, a bouquet of fruit flowers, and a lawnmower, I think is what they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this was a good match. Uh, uh, actually, it was way better than I expected it, to be honest with you. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I actually... I, I was not that ex- I was not that convinced about the match to be honest. Uh, while the storyline going into, but the match delivered like like beyond what I expected. Yeah, uh, the match ends when Dark Order come out and stop Party from interfering, and they do a spot where uh, Dark Order are all behind Hangman. Hangman gets knocked off the apron. They catch Hangman, push him back up. Buckshot Lariat, one, two, three. The end of the match sees Hangman hug all the Dark Order. Hooray! I loved Hangman's tweet at uh, after the show. He said, "Maybe, maybe the big money, uh, maybe the big money was the friendships we made along the way." 
Ah, oh, yeah, that, uh, that's the big money. Yeah, he got he got himself a, a, a <laughs> or maybe or maybe they stole all the big money from this match and didn't have any for the main event. That'd be kind of makes. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we we, we yeah. know all that money. Yeah, that look we'll at we'll Tony no, no, no. cocaine habit apparently. I know all the money went into the next match on the card, which is the face of the revolution ladder match for a shot at the AEW, or sorry, the TNT Championship, my apologies. It is Scorpio Sky, uh, Cody Rhodes, baby. Cody uh, baby. That's my Pe- son. Penta El Zero Miedo, Lance Archer, Max Caster, and a surprise entrant. Ethan Page. Hooray. Actually, I can't stand you because now if I lose this Okada bet, I'm going to have to listen to six goddamn Bad Bunny songs. I actually, actually never asked who did. Oh, now I remember. So, Chris Hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Braden thought Chris Hero was going to be the surprise entrant. But I I, 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 also, I knew already it's not going to be Chris Hero. I didn't know who it was going to be. <laughs> and then Ethan Page shows up and then just like the disappointment in Brady's voice was like, no. oh, no. No, but like, I'm so happy for Ethan Page. Good for him. But it, yeah. it mentioned him as a Impact World Champion, too, uh, on his nameplate. But the interesting thing about this to me is, okay, if you don't know, he had heat with Impact because they edited that last cinematic match in the way he didn't want it to be, which was him versus himself, basically. And uh, he was mad about that and has heat with him over that. But then he goes to AEW, who has a working relationship with Impact. That is still alive and well, as you'll see later in the show. But, uh, or as you'll, you'll hear us talk about. But like, so how's this going to affect their relationship? So it's got to be at least a little bit awkward. Maybe, maybe. But what I was thinking about this, and it's like, it's not that all of the talent will go over to impact and vice versa. It will just be like selective talent, but the pool is open to anybody and everybody. It's like, for example, private party went there and then also, um, Kenny showed up as well. Uh, I mean, Tony Khan as well. So still in the early stages, but I don't think they will let anybody go there that are not comfortable appearing on Impact and vice versa too. That, that's just my thoughts about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, good for Ethan Page. Uh, this match was crazy. Uh Cody was out for most of this match after he took a ladder, uh, Canadian destroyer onto a ladder, a ladder bridge on the outside. Oh, Jake that Roberts, brutal. that was Jake, so brutal. Jake Roberts gets in the ring and takes a super kick. I imagine the reason Penta super kicked him is just Jake just jumped in the ring and said, "You want to play twenty one? And then just Penta just killed him with a super kick. <laughs> if you if you if you get that reference, you've been blessed or cursed. One of the two. I don't get that reference. You don't? No, I don't. Oh, man. Look up Jake Roberts Casino Magic promo. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. I see. It's It was a Brian Jane video. You remember uh, Heroes of Wrestling? Oh, but that was a long time ago. I watched that video. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. You don't play 21? But um, ah, this, was, this, was, this was wild and wonderful. Like... It's a, it, it, obviously with like most ladder matches, it was going to be a spot-based galore, but this was a really 
good uh, good match. And uh, also, um, uh, congratulations, Scorpio Sky, for winning. I thought he was the right pick to win this match because he's been on an, an, an upward spiral for a long time now. They've been building up good, building him up good on AEW, I think. Well, the face of the revolution. But what did we have next? Listen, no, 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 if no, you no, don't no. mind, Dale. Before we go that, can we talk about freaking... Can we also talk about the fact that the ladder match was sponsored by Sega? Really? I didn't know this. Yeah, do you know I think I think Dale is just trying to stall time because he knows the next part of the show is what I want to talk about most, and he's, like, trying to tease me here. No, no. The reason why I say it's sponsored by Sega... Is because fucking Sonic made an oh appearance. My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Sonic Ring. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> yeah. So we know how much AEW likes to throw shots at WWE about the brass ring and things like that. So literally they decided, why don't we make a brass, a quote unquote brass ring up on top of the ring, up on top of the ring. And whoever grabs this proverbial brass ring is going to be the face of the revolution. You know what else it looked like? It looked like one of those uh, like like floaties you put in the pool that somebody just blows up. Or or it looks like it looks like a zero balloon. Like you know what when you're spelling out the year on New Year's like 2020, it looked like one of those. <laughs> or a birthday balloon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Man, that, that it just looks so silly to be honest. And uh, man, whoever won this match got super sweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoever, <laughs> whoever won this match is going to Green Hill Zone. <laughs> yeah, whoever won this match has to, uh, is going to have a match with Eggman. Yeah, up. is going to have a match with Doctor Eggman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, whoever, whoever, whoever wins this match is gonna have a terrible uh, animated uh, movie about themselves, and then they're gonna have to redo it. Oh gosh! Whoever wins this match is gonna have uh, is gonna have a video game called Sonic 06. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> okay. Whoever wins this match, whoever wins this match is gonna have a sidekick named Tails. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Oh my gosh, but yeah, basically, basically, <laughs> yeah, Scorpio Sky became the face of Mario and Sonic go to the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to Tokyo. And next we had the best part of the show, in my opinion. And the thing that I have, this is the hardest I have popped in over a year. And, uh, well, they they announced the Hall of Fame worthy signing, and you hear this clock, this timer go off ten nine eight seven, and before the song even hit, I screamed. I knew who it was, and Dale was watching the fight TV feed. I was watching the direct TV feed. We had to sync up together multiple times during the show to because uh, it kept skipping ahead. So Dale thought I was ahead because I yelled out who it was before the music hit, but I knew just who it was because uh, because of uh, what happened, because it's, I just knew his theme song so well. The music plays, and it's the instant classic. It's Christian Cage. And when I tell you I lost my mind, I almost broke my microphone. 
from yelling so loud. And this is a brand new headset. I'm actually happy though that they got that they that they remixed his old TNA theme because actually it's, it, it's not a remix at all. I listened to it. Oh, is it is is it the, is it the actual? It's it's straight up the same thing. Oh, okay. It's okay. actually so. TNA had multiple different remakes of it. This is the original first version. Yeah, because because uh, you told me because when I was like, oh, why did you just spoil it for me? You said no. You recognized the theme song. I mean, then, I recognized it immediately uh, before it even when, kicked in. And then when the theme song when when I recognized the theme song too, then I was like, oh my gosh, it, it is it is Christian Cage. Oh like. Yeah, it's it's well, so it's so crazy because like he was literally in the Royal Rumble like a few weeks ago, and then there was reports that um, contract negotiations with him and WWE fell through, and so I think out and there was so many different um, predictions as to who this Hall of Fame worthy person was. Some people were saying it's either Brock, some people thought CM Punk, Angle. Uh, Batista, Mark Henry, Christian uh, was also one of the people as well. But yeah, I think I think most people towards the end of the day went, "Oh, it's probably Christian." Yeah, 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 yeah. It made but the- like, listen, listen. Uh, yeah, it did make the most sense. Like Dale was going to say. And by the way, I should make this publicly. Dale, I'm sorry I cut you off so much, buddy. I love you. Uh, uh, but anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just very excited about this. Uh, no, I thought this was perfect. Uh, I, I. I think it was great. I didn't think it was overhyped. I thought it was perfect. To me, this also shows something else. WWE let Christian slip away once again. It shows just how much they don't care about this guy, and it's such a shame. They could have had so many good dream matches with Christian coming back. You could have done him and Big E for the IC belt. You could have done him and Chris, him and Edge versus the Usos, him and Edge versus New Day. I mean, you could add so many things, but they just didn't care about it. If that ain't the most WWE thing, I don't know what is. They yeah. just let this guy go. Yeah, and the thing is, is that it's it's been it's been shown historically. It's been shown that Christian, sorry, Christian Cage, has has thrived outside of WWE more than he has been in WWE. Because it's 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 the case of like when him and Edge were always together. Edge was always the one touted to be the biggest star amongst the two. And so it's it's similar to like the Hardys where like Jeff was always touted as like the biggest star than Matt. And that's why Matt has done so well for himself outside of WWE. And similar with Christian Cage as well when he was back in TNA. They shot him to the main event like straight away. When he and, it, and, it, and it wasn't like most uh, of the WWE jumps that TNA did. This was like, this was warranted. Christian yeah. was just on another level at this yeah. point. And I, did, I told Dale before we started this call, this reminded me of when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, it didn't matter who it was. If they said the guy was from WWE when I was watching TNA as a little kid, when I was a little kid, I was like seven or eight, but still, uh, I would spend the entire next day and the entire week following just watching stuff all, all about that person, listening to their theme song over and over again, watching matches, that kind of thing. And I did the same thing with Christian today. It just reminded me of something I haven't done in years. It, it was so much fun. I'm so excited about this. Like, I, like, and here's the thing with this catchphrase is outwork everyone. So this makes me think this, we're going to see a work rate type character now, like 
And so, and I think Christian, and listen, I love Edge, always will. I think Christian Cage is a far better wrestler than Edge is, or as far as in-ring goes. And Edge is a great in-ring competitor. I think we'll be seeing, like, Christian. Christian can put on a five-star match if he wants to. I still think he can. He is in such good shape, and I am so excited for this. And I'm excited to see him go elsewhere with these partnerships. I want to see him go back to Impact. I want to see him go to New Japan. I want to see him go back, question mark, to NWA. I, 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 the reason I say go back, question mark, is because he was kind of in the NWA and he kind of what? He's a multiple-time NWA world champion, but it was when NWA and TNA had a relationship. So so would that be him going back to the NWA or not? I don't know. I don't know either, but I mean like as well, both him and Edge are on a bit of a career resurgence. There's also now both of them are coming to the stage where they want to have one last good run in the career. <laughs> oh my God, Christian and his one more match. Here we go again. I'm not saying one more match for Christian. I'm saying like they're going to have like a good series of matches for maybe the next few years. And then I, know, I, 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 I was I was joking because you know the whole gimmick. Oh, oh, I see. Always tease the one more match. Things like no, one more match, one more. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's but yeah, it's it's uh, it's just interesting to point out the parallels between him and Edge at the moment. That both of them are getting this career resurgence in, in late, like very late in their lives, and now but, they can but, finally say that they can. And if, if if things go right for both of them, then they can definitely end their careers on a really good note. So yeah, let me let me just throw this out for you real quick, just to get you salivating. First off. Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. Second off, Christian Cage versus Pat. Third off, Christian Cage versus literally anybody on that roster. No, take it to New Japan. Christian Cage versus Kazuchika Okada. Take it to Impact. Christian Cage versus Rich Swan. Like that would tear the house down. Yeah, yeah, it definitely would. It definitely. Would. What was what, a dream match you would see over there, Dale? Oh, I think I told you this already. Uh... Christian Christian Cage. I need to keep calling him Christian Cage. So By the Christian, way, Christian Cage is a way better name. Yeah, I do think it's a much better name. So Christian Cage versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh my God. You know, you didn't tell me that. Oh, speaking of Tanahashi, uh, I have to bring this up. And I know we're stealing from competitors. Well, they're not competitors. Give them a break. But New Legacy Inc., they're a great YouTube channel. They also have a podcast with uh, CM Pulse uh, and Tony Pete's guy called well, Johnny has uh, Johnny from New Legacy does called Deadlock. Let's do it. It's great. It was the inspiration for this podcast. But uh, besides that, they uh, they had this stream where they played King uh, Kings of the Coliseum. It's a Japanese game filled with guys from New Japan and Noah and freelance guys and things of that nature. And they're doing the kingiest of the ringiest where uh, where uh, they play eight different tournaments and eight different games, eight different kings of the ring. And the winners of uh, all eight of those tournaments gets a spot in the kingiest of the ringiest, and whoever wins that is the kingiest of the rings. Well, anyway, there is one where they're playing as Young Lion Tanahashi, and he comes out and his shirt says K-O-T-H, and they're laughing about it. And then he turns around and it says King of the Hills. And uh, I want to say it's Dino, question mark, says, damn it, Tanahashi, 
Y'all like I know there's Shinny, Honius, and me and Dale have just been saying that over oh, and over gosh. and over and damn over. It, damn it, Tanahashi, get off my lawn. Damn, Tanahashi. Y'all like I know there's Shinny, Honius. I'm from America. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, that was quite... Seriously, it's one of the funniest videos. I, me and Dale have just been laughing for days. So go go, go watch that when you're done with this podcast. It's, it's great. Now let's move on to the semi-main event, which is a cinematic match. It is the street fight between Darby Allen and Sting versus Team Taz of Ryan Cage and Ricky Starks. Yeah, uh, so, uh, well, I thought this match was fantastic. Uh, best cinematic match AEW's ever done. Uh, Taz on commentary was delightful, even though people hated the commentary over. I just thought he was funny. Taz is always funny. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love I, I love the cinematic match too. I thought the I I definitely agree. This is probably the best cinematic match that AEW has put on like so far. Um, now I, I don't even know where to start. You just run this down. Yeah, it's oh, there's so much to go in, but but I'm also of the crowd. I'm also one of those people that just did not like the commentary in the in the match. I thought it detracted from from the action, especially if you have like a cinematic match that has music in the background. Like I, I remember someone likened it to like going to watch a movie at the cinema and then you just hear someone talking over the movie the whole time. That's that's how it felt for me. But anyway, there was just so much that went on in this match. It was like, um, so Cage and Starks arrive at like the abandoned warehouse where Darby and Sting like did their vignettes for the past few weeks. And then slowly Sting and Darby made their entrances like Darby. Uh, there was like an army of like Darbys that came through. And like they played like the whole the entirety of Darby's theme song. They even had like the singer appear on like television screens. Uh, coming this... with a skateboard. Sting comes in with like a Land Rover, whatever. And then they play Sting's music, and then the match officially begins. Oh my gosh, it's a, it was just crazy. There was so many spots in this match that was just crazy. Like the ones that I can think of on the top of my head is like. There's the one where Brian Cage literally held Darby up in a suplex and walked up the stairs before slamming him down. Then Sting comes knocking, knocking the bat on like the guard on like the rails or whatever. And then Ricky's like, oh shit, it's Sting. Like <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so stuff like that. And then oh, there was this there was two big spots that happened with Darby. The one was when Cage and Starks lifted up and they started swinging and they threw him into like this glass panel near the wall. And it oh, that was so brutal. And then like the panel just falls on top of Darby's head. Then the other thing that happened was that there was like this massive board. That was like between the two sides of the, the railing. I don't know who was on there. I think it was K. I think it was Brian Cage. Darby's like on the top of like a one floor above by the window. He jumps off the window and both him and Cage go through the freaking thing. Like, oh man, that was crazy, crazy, crazy. 
and then Sting hits the Scorpion Death Jump on Starks, and they win the match. It was great. Uh, four stars out of five. And it made it's Sting time. look. And it, and it made Sting look really good. I just wanted to say that, like Sting, Sting looks like Sting looked like a million bucks in in this match. Like we're Sting. <laughs> but yeah, kudos kudos to Sting. Sting, wow. He, he, he came Sting, back. St- Sting Stung. <laughs> Sting Stung, yeah. Basically. Sting Stang. 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 Together, Darby and Sting Mike Stang. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, Weird they did stang. this cool. Also, yeah, they also did this cool thing where it was Sting's face paint. Like the one half was his normal Sting face paint and the other half was Darby's face paint. That and they did that with Darby too. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really cool uh, aesthetic that they did there. Well, it's time for... Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Well, well. Oh boy. Oh boy. So oh, I, man. Think, I, I think everyone knows already. It's the main event of AEW Revolution. The exploding barbed wire death match for the AEW World Championship between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. I leave it. I leave the floor to you, Brady. Listen, let's just be clear about the first of this. The first ninety-eight percent of this match was absolutely fantastic. So, except for the ending, which we'll get to, they did use real explosions for the actual match. So here's how the matches work: three sides of the ring are wrapped in barbed wire. When someone is thrown into that barbed wire. Explosions go off hitting them. Usually it's C4, but AEW's pyro, it still looked good. Well, it looked good. We'll get to it. Uh, then uh, on three sides of the ring, there are something called Triple Hell, which is basically just landmines with barbed wire boards on the outside uh, that when you go into them, they explode. After a 30-minute time limit, all the stuff around the ring will detonate including the ropes and everything. Keep that in mind. This match was absolutely brutal. They did, there was light tubes. No, there was the light tube spots a lot. But there was barbed wire bat spots that were explosives in them. They would, they'd throw each other into the explosive. There's a one-winged angel spot where Kenny hits uh, Moxley with a one-winged angel, and Moxley has to get his foot on the ropes. And so when he gets his foot on the ropes, it explodes into Kenny Omega's eye. Uh, there's another spot where, uh, uh, Moxley gives, uh, Kenny Omega a paradigm shift off the apron onto one of the landmines on the outside, which just looked nuts. Uh, they, I mean, it's basically just them throwing each other into barbed wire and stuff. Like, it's just insane. Uh, but the match ends with the good brothers coming out and, uh, attacking Moxley and Kenny Omega hits a woman angel on the chair for the win. Now the handcuff can, Moxley. Can can I can I, I can I say something first before we get to that spot? So yeah, I just I just want to get this out of the way. I was not a fan of the ending. I thought the running just just uh, made the the ending look cheap for the match. Great match, definitely. Like the match itself was a really good match, and it was brutal. It was violent. It it ticked a lot of boxes. Storytelling, like great, great, great. I just thought that having the good brothers run in to help Kenny win the match, it 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 just soured the entire thing for me. I was like, I and Braden, 
you were there when we were watching this. I called bullshit. I was like, oh, fuck off, really. I knew Kenny was going to win. I knew for a fact that this was going to be the, pardon the pun, blow-off match between the two of them. <laughs> pardon the pun, the blow-off match because Moxley is going to take some time off um, for maternity leave, but man, you didn't need the well. After what happened, after what happened, after what we're about to get to, he may be, he may be there this Wednesday to get written off TV because man, that was uh Anyway, let's let's, let's just get to it. Go go go. No go no no. I I I. Let, let me just preface this by saying: so they attack Moxley, they handcuff him, and then they say, "Oh wait, the explosives are still going to go off." And as the timer gets closer and closer, and, and this and this part of the story is absolutely beautiful. And I don't mean this in a sarcastic way. I mean, I just thought this part was absolutely beautiful and an amazing piece of storytelling. Uh, so Eddie Kingston comes out and he's like, Moxley, no, no. Because even though they've been feuding for all these years, he still has feelings for Moxley. You know, that he still loves his brother, you know, that kind of thing. And I thought it was so beautiful. Like, I genuinely did. Oh, would you not agree? I thought it was a great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though. That 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 was brilliant. That was brilliant. Yes, and he comes up, and the time is getting closer. And but not to be that guy, but he definitely could have pulled Moxley out if he wanted to. There was like nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people said that he could have literally rolled him out of the ring. But he's like, come on, get up, get up, get up, get up. Yeah, like, no, no, yeah. No, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, and count countdowns getting closer. <laughs> 10, 9, 8, 7. Eddie Kingston covers him up. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and the dude. Oh my gosh. Oh my fucking gosh. That was a wet finish, dude. And then, and then. <laughs> so you mean to, so you mean to tell me. <laughs> We have this beautiful <laughs> moment. Brotherly <laughs> love. He's literally, he's literally gonna die for Moxley. Yeah. And then the, and then the WCW sparklers. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and then you the know, WCW you, Nitro sparklers go off. <laughs> and welcome, and welcome to Nitro, everybody. Welcome to Nitro. I'm Tony Schiavone. And Bobby Hayden. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, oh my gosh. And oh, and you know what's even worse about this? Entire- and then, and then Excalibur on commentary when it goes, "Oh my God!" Exactly. I was just, oh about, my God! I, I was just, <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. The way the commentators sold this damn thing, like the Daily's place literally blew up. They're like, "Oh my gosh! Get back! Get back! Get back! Pew 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 pew!" Oh, oh uh. <laughs> and then afterwards, you see. He's just lying. Uh, it's like, like he's dead. It's, it's like he's, he's like Cody's, his, in, Cody's entrance has more pyro than this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All the pyro for the death match went into Cody's <sighs> freaking entrance. Uh, uh, my stomach hurts. Uh, 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 I'm, my stomach hurts worse than I'm sure theirs did after that explosion went off. Oh man. Uh, and and uh, man, but but I'll I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> 
I'll say this though, like, oh no, they have smoke inhalation. I'll 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 say this. Oh no, they have smoke inhalation. Sorry. Oh no, they have smoke inhalation. They're dead. Oh, from the uh, smoke and breathed in the toxic smoke. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Bro. Oh man. But here's the thing. When I watched that at the time afterwards, I was so salty about that match. I I felt like I was cheated, to be honest. When I watched that, like everything else from a from a from like a physical standpoint, perfect. Technical standpoint, however, I was I was so pissed off about it. I was like, man, dude, you you're gonna try to sell me on this is my criticism about this. And it's not the wrestler's fault. They did a fantastic job. No, I feel so bad for Mark. It's, it's it's not them. They they I don't even think it, I don't even think it's well. It's partly Tony Khan's fault. No, no, yeah, it's mm-hmm. partly it's partly AEW's fault because they hyped the fuck out of this thing. And the thing is, if you're gonna sell to your audience, you're gonna have an exploding bar by death. Well, well, the other thing I need to mention is remember that AEW fans are mostly the hardcore fans. So if you tell them this exploding bar by death match, they know. Oh, you're talking about. The matches of Onita and FMW, and they even had they even got Onita for they, this thing. Exactly. And oh my god! They had fucking Onita. <laughs> I said after the match, Onita's rolling over in his grave, and he's not even dead yet. Okay. Like, well, to be fair, actually, I've got Onita's tweet that he that he said. Um, he said that. Uh, oh, I can. I'm sorry. I'll let you say that. So what he said was. It was great that Kenny Omega and John Moxley fought in the exploding barbed wire ring. But I hope, but I want to, sh- but I hope I want to, sh- okay, remember Anita's English isn't the best, but basically says, but I hope I want to show American wrestling fans my original version someday. So, I mean, Onita was happy for what it was, but it wasn't his original vision of of a bar by exploding death match. And so that's <sighs> so from so, so 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 from that standpoint, I would say that really it 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 it, it was kind of they it was yeah I I wouldn't say false advertising, but they just overhyped it too much. And the expectations were way too high. And that and and so now to do damage control they're literally turning this into a storyline now. Okay. Saying, oh, so okay. Into a, yeah yeah okay go 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 and some people are not going to be a fan of this. I think the way I think the way they're playing it off is great. I think the uh the, they're basically saying that Kenny designed this and the, he designed it to basically trick Moxley. He tricked Eddie Kingston, he tricked Moxley to thinking they were going to die because he's sick and twisted. That's kind of the way they're playing it off. This is Kenny's fault. This was some sick ploy that to trick Moxley is the thinking behind this, which I thought it was hilarious. I think I think it's great. Uh, well, I don't think it's great, but it works. It works. And listen, here's here's the thing. Tomorrow, Wednesday night or tonight at the time, if you're listening to this is when it comes out or whenever this comes out, summer. Eddie Kinks, the best promo guy in the business. If anybody. And Stephen Larson said this, and I'll say it again too. If anybody can take lemons and make it into lemonade, it's Eddie Kingston. He can take this this terrible botch and with one promo make it make sense. 
So if it's anybody, if any two people can do it, it's John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And I mean, like from a story point standpoint, I can I can see that working, and also definitely agree with Kingston there. The thing though is they could have set people's expectations a lot lower earlier on with that. They could have put hints of Kenny like fooling everybody. They could have done that. But the thing is they still went on with this being like, oh, this is gonna be like it's like it's gonna be like a, oh my gosh, this is gonna be the most violent thing. Which it was, which it was, which it was. It was it was fantastic. But it was ninety-nine percent it was fantastic. And then WCW Nitro Store. Yeah, it was it, it, yeah. It was great. It was a fantastic match. I'm not denying that. I'm saying most of the time, it's as they say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And because that's going to be the last thing people remember about Revolution, most people are going to be talking about that. They're not going to talk about oh well, God, well, most people. No, no, most no, people. no, 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 no. Well, you're completely negating Christian. I think, honestly, the botch has been talked about, but to me today, just as much has been talked about Christian debuting has been talked about just as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how awesome that was. I think you're wrong in that regard. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. That's a fair argument. Yeah, uh, yeah I think, but like I said, the good on the show far outweighed the bad. I even think that that ending was so bad that it's good. Like, I'm not mad at it at all. I think it was hilarious. I, I, I'm, I'm, I would be mad at it, but I got, here's the deal, and I'm going to kiss up to Dale here. I got to watch that with my best friend, and probably we'll have something that we'll probably laugh about for years. I mean, we'll be sitting there, we're 45, hopefully, together. And like, do you remember that time that they did that stupid angle where the they promised a big explosion and they freaking did sparklers? Oh, do you also remember the time they sent DMCA takedowns to people posting about it on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that time we just sat up all night and made memes about it after the show? And do you remember that time that I, I, I made it, I made one of the backup Terry main back up Terry. Oh I'm sure God. most people listening to this podcast have seen that except for you and Farah. You know what? You know what? Just the funniest meme of all that came out of all this. Uh, the uh, Titanic meme that you did. Not only that. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's not that one, but um, the picture of Christian Cage looking out into the distance. Oh looking, my God. Looking for that explosion. <laughs> You'll see it if you just close your eyes. If you just close, you your, close eyes, your eyes, you'll see. You just... <laughs> <laughs> One night in the dark, a vision said someone I know. Didn't, didn't, And out. Yeah. Inside of me, a light was turned on. <laughs> then I was alive. Uh, if you close your eyes tonight, Onita is not dead. <laughs> Onita gave himself an aneurysm. Speak, speaking of that, though, there's just one more thing I gotta make. You know, when something is bad, when other promotions start making a reference to it. Oh, dear. Shotzi Blackheart made well said that, nothing. that's not a promotion that's one person okay but still but ddt ddt took yes. shots at aew i was about to say 
Okay, DDT, yeah. yeah, DDT took shots at AEW. Literally, they posted a GIF of Takagi Sanchiro taking a barbed wire exploding bat, hitting, I think it was Onita, and then a massive explosion. And literally, the comment was, this is an exploding death match in Japan. Boom. <laughs> literally, that. And then, and well, then yeah, and then Shotzi Blackheart posted a, a gif of Gilberg. And then T-Bag, sorry, T-Bar said, um, uh, tune into an explosive episode of Monday <laughs> Night Raw tomorrow. You mean Monday Nitro? Oh, my uh, God. Welcome to Nitro. At, at, <laughs> this, at this rate, AEW should change their name from Dynamite to something else. Because <laughs> your show is called Dynamite. And- <laughs> yeah. Like the fuse, like the rules, dynamite, boom. Oh my god, there ain't no boom here. Oh gosh, I can see, I can see people for like watching, watching, they're gonna remix the, the dynamite theme song with the last thing with boom, like, boom. like the boom. Nah, nah, the only way it could have been worse if they used boom by POD, it comes to boom, ready or not. Oh my gosh. So JR should change his catchphrase from boom boom to pew pew. <laughs> boom boom. <laughs> I do, I, I, boom boom is my kill. That's why I couldn't fucking do it. Yeah, JR has boom, boom. JR has more boom than the explosions <laughs> Or or they could use dynamite by BTS. Light it up like dynamite. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> Seriously, I, I I think like I said, this show is still amazing. It's not as good as last year's, but the best show of the COVID era, probably. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, uh, it's 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 still like it's it's still between this and Full Gear are like my two favorite shows so far of the COVID era of AEW. No, even though it was a sad day for me, this or Double or Nothing. If we're judging it objectively. If we're not, because of that day and what happened on that day, I don't know if I could really enjoy that show properly. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's a, a reference to it in that show, so it's kind of hard for me to watch back because, like, oh, this is the day that Hanna passed. Well, not to make this sad. But like, it's like, oh, well, like, still, I think this show was fantastic. Like, I think Double or Nothing was fantastic. I think seeing Brody in the main event of that show was fantastic. Oh, my God, it's so sad. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize that was uh yeah. 2020 can go fuck itself, seriously. I'm yeah. glad it's over. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> but uh, 2021, it- just for this moment alone, has been a lot better. Good lord. If I kn- you want to know what 2020 was like, there's your visual representation. <laughs> oh my god, it was a big explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Somebody also made a meme of the American Pie thing. Uh, Dale, no, no, can... no, 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 not the American Pie theme. It is the one where it's okay. It's ba- trigger warning. It's basically a masturbation joke, where like the where the fireworks at the end of the, the sorry, not the fireworks, the explosion. Of yeah, the, explosion was, was but it's like it's like it's like a guy who's who, a virgin basically being touched for the first time and it's like oh pew 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 <laughs> and then those sparklers go 
The sparklers go off. <laughs> oh, you, my God. And then, you, oh, we got to give a shout out to Farrah. Yeah, I was just about to uh, mention that as well. Yeah. Farrah made the joke herself. She was like, silly Tony, tricks are for Ibushi. And then, and then, put, and then she's... <laughs> And then she said, uh, she said the reason they didn't have any explosives because uh, Ibushi ate one third of the sparklers. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. But yeah, before we, before we wrap up, I just have one more question to ask. Uh, what are your final thoughts on Revolution? A minus, A plus if the explosion would have been better. Uh, I'm so excited for Christian. God, I'm so excited for Christian. Uh, that, God, I'm so excited for Christian. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, oh my god! Okay, I got that joke now. <laughs> I'm excited for Christian Cage. Uh, that cinematic match was awesome. The women's match was the best match of the night. I'm surprised I'm saying that for an AEW show. Uh, I thought it was a really good show, and even that last moment was really funny. And uh, the Eddie Kingston John Moxley thing was one of the best storytelling moments I've seen in the decade. If you don't count the explosion at the end, yeah, yeah. So my my final thoughts are: it was it was a solid show, a lot more positives than negatives. It's just that the explosion kind of ended things on a dud. No pun intended again. Um, but honestly, it kind of ended in a high same time. Looking back at it now, because everyone was just dying laughing. Not dying from an explosion. Yeah, but it's, it's it, again, it's just a matter of, it's just to see, like, what kind of damage control AEW is going to take with, with this moving forward. I mean, but at the same, but it's, I, mean, I just thought of this, sorry. At the same time, and you could say, well, why promote it? But at the same time, you guys know they can't do uh, a, a thing where the ring explodes in a small venue like Daly's Place for 1,500 people. That'd, that'd be stupid. Now, if they did it in the stadium, that could have worked. But, yeah, like, but- they're not going to have some massive explosion in a small little venue like that. I believe Larson said that from Stephen Larson. Uh, like, it, it'd just be dumb yeah. and dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah it, it's also got to do with the state marshals ruling, too. With regards to what is what is like acceptable terms for doing a match like that, I mean, for me, a more a better compromise would have been just having a straight up barbed wire match rather than an exploding barbed wire death match. I feel or do or do what even though this might be a little bit of a cop out or do you can do barbed wire ring ropes? Do what Stardom did with the double exploding barbed wire bat match where they had the two exploding barbed wire bats and you could hit your opponent with. Yeah, that was, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, because that's like the type of explosions you see like in Japanese death matches, that sort of thing. And I mean, for the most There was part, one of those in this match. Yeah. Yeah, but compared to, yeah. Yeah, there was one of those, but I mean, the Japanese ones are a lot bigger in like spectacle. But anyway, um, yeah, just, just, just to close off with it's, yeah. Um, I think, I think, I think for, I think just the one thing I want to say is that I think moving forward, AEW kind of needs to set people's expectations a lot lower when it comes to big matches like this next time. Just so I agree. Just so that we don't have a, a situation where they have to take damage control like this again. I think it's better to know, be realistic about things. It's good to have ambitions. But we, but you, from a come from a business standpoint, you need to know what is possible and what isn't. So, 
that's the lesson I think they need to take from this exploding ball by death match. Well, that was fun. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's doubleheader episode. We'll call it Spring Break Special since I'm out for Spring Break this week. Uh, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed the Spring Break Special, this very explosive Spring Break Special. And oh my God, Dale, do you hear that? It's some sort of timer. Oh God, Dale, there's gonna be an explosion. Oh God, Dale, go back, go back. Bye.